Welcome back to Look Who's Talking. The Super Bowl was amazing. I'll tell you how the 49ers lost it. Brady to the Raiders is getting real, and the rest of the quarterback's stock market. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you'll make them again. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking. Episode 72 of your favorite NFL podcast. From coast to coast here in uh, Canada, we're happy to be bringing you this post-Super Bowl episode, number 72, uh, all brought to you by Huck Media, the biggest, baddest media entertainment company on the planet, and our Leslie girl upstairs, woo, big Chiefs fan up there, I'm sure all you Chiefs fans are pretty fired up, it was a heck of a Super Bowl 54, Uh, I'm sure a a lot of you Niners backers and Niners fans uh, thought you might have been safe, but your coach thought again. Uh, I didn't, didn't learn from some mistakes that were very public mistakes a couple of years ago, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But if you don't learn from mistakes, folks, you'll, uh, you'll make them again, so i got to watch out for that. Heck of a game. Uh, we got screwed on our props, and my Hupix got screwed on a bad beat props that I think is unprecedented, and we'll touch on that a little bit more. The guy who came up with You've Been Screwed, he's looking at me wearing about seven different colors of Supreme uh, and a golf hat. How you doing, Mike? How was your Super Bowl? Certified Supreme. Yes. Soho, NYC. Yep. Uh, Super Bowl was uh, bizarre for Weird Mike. I didn't get excited, really, like, really excited until like two hours before kickoff. And then the head started to roll through Centennial. And the hype built. Yeah, a fucking packed house. It's sweet. Uh, thanks to all who rolled. Look who's talking. Super Bowl party each and every year getting bigger and better. Yeah, we got a lot of action, by the way, on your New York Instagram post. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the bullhorn handjob. Hashtag bull, bullhorn handjob. So the... Uh, <laughs> the double, double HJ. The stroke of the horn. The big horn. I guess you got a double hand. It was big. Because yeah. uh, if I went in with one hand, I would have lost balance and kind of looked even stupider, yeah, if possible. But uh, yo, crazy story about that video. He, I told you I was going to show you who took the video, folks. Yeah, right? Yeah, we met that guy, and uh, he turns out to have been a person from Ecuador whose girlfriend was there over the holidays watching you flyboard <laughs> in Guayaquil. Yeah, that's fucked up. And that was the connection I needed to Gets- ask him to shoot this minute-long video. Right. In front of what wind up being about 150 people. <laughs> uh, they call me one take. Uh, I did it. And there, no time for retake. So that was one take, folks. And, yeah. <laughs> I rarely get nervous. Uh, a, a, a nervous point for Weird Mike. Yeah. Almost never get nervous. Yeah, yeah. In, in that moment. Uh, well, it was a good pick. You, you rolled with the Chiefs. You rolled with offense, which you don't normally do. Um, folks, this is a little life lesson for you. Whenever anybody in life ever says to you, they call me and then say something, uh, people don't really call them that. I don't know anybody who calls you one take. <laughs> I, I know almost everyone you know. So if you know Weird Mike and you have ever referred to him, hey, like if he walks into a party you're at, hey, one take. <laughs> Just like Let you, Jeffrey, where you have many hats in life. I don't think I uh, say, you know, they, they call me and then insert here anything. But if they called you something in the flyboard world, sure. there's alter ego Mike, there's tour Mike, there's, there's, and apparently there's, there's weird Mike, and there's one take Mike. Where do you think the one take came from, Jeff? I'm not sure. Tour <laughs> business. The tour business. You only got time to take one pick of each person on tour if there's 56 people. Right. They call me one take. <laughs> Snap it next. So 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 some tourist has said, "Hey, it's hey, you're you're one and take." And I ran with it. All right, all right. Okay. You only need one take is a common yeah. expression. Well, in the flyboard world, they they generally call me Hewlett or Jeff, or and, Hugh. And I'll I'll be, I'll be very <laughs> eager to accept that. As they, or you know, as they, as they call me the not uh, Grandpa Fly. Jeff, as they call me Jeffrey Potter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the chief picks was right. Yeah, good pick, good video, good hand job. Uh, <laughs> you love setting up that visual, eh? Right. Uh, in addition to the bull, yep. uh, I was row one at MSG, man. Yes, you were. That fucking place is so awesome. 
Everybody was there to see Ja Morant drop 50. There was a brawl, sell the team chants, which are now viral. Yep. I tagged you in one of them. Uh, just everybody's betting. This is a betting show, folks. And America, and specifically Manhattan, is all in on points, first two, rebounds. They love the odd even. What's it going to finish on at the end of a quarter? People were making their Super Bowl bets in the seats. Yep. Totally wild scene, man. And this was a game that didn't matter whatsoever, and it was awesome. I've kind of poo-pooed on events that don't mean stuff, right? But weird, awesome energy at the Garden. MSG, baby, sell the team. Awesome stuff. Uh, yeah, I always wanted to go to the Garden. It's like Garden, Lambo. I went to Yankee Stadium with the boys back, uh, yeah. C-Mac, yeah. Nolan, and, and Justin uh, back in the day. Actually, I think I told, I might have told the story online, I'm not sure. We, we went to Yankee Stadium, okay? Phil got us some, some Yankees Jays tickets. It was awesome. And then the next day, our plan was to just go get, uh, go to the Jets-Colts game. Why not? Go to a football game Absolutely. on Sunday. Why wouldn't we? And uh, we were staying at a hotel uh, in Brooklyn, like literally the first stop on the subway into Brooklyn from Manhattan. And we get, we get, we get wasted, but... Uh, in the morning, like basically tailgating at our hotel room before we're going to go to this Jets game. Uh, this is back at the Meadowlands before MetLife Stadium. And we get into the taxi from our motel, and we're so fired up. We're maybe, it's about two, two hours to the game. It takes about maybe 40 minutes to get there. We figure we get there, we'll get a couple six-packs, and we'll scalp some tickets, we'll get in. Jets, Colts wasn't exactly a hot ticket at the time, but we wanted to see Peyton Manning. Nor is it ever a hot ticket. Probably not. But anyway. anyway uh, we get into the back of the taxi, and it's a, you know it's not necessarily a, a homegrown uh, New York New York taxi guy. I don't really want to get into the specifics, but he's an immigrant, Jeff. You English can say it. English was probably not the first language, but we didn't really do a good job as English speaking people uh, doing English because <laughs> we got to the back of the taxi and we're like, yeah, he's like, where are you going? We're like, yeah, Jets game, Jets game, Jets game. We have no luggage with us. We have no nothing. We are literally wearing, I think Phil's got a Bills football jersey on. And I think we got two Jays jerseys and Justin's still in his bar clothes. Okay? And we, we're like, Jets game, Jets game, Jets game. We're, we're kind of on our phones. We're looking at the skyline. And then we're kind of just joking around with each other. And then half an hour later, Nolan's like, yo, where is... Uh, East the, Rutherford, the, New Jersey? Right. And I looked around, and I was kind of one of the navigators on this trip. Like, uh, I'm pretty good with maps and just knowing a city roughly about a day and a half after being there. But I wasn't doing my job fucking right at this point. Because right as we're pulling into JFK Airport in Queens, the other side of Manhattan Island, uh, I realized that he thought we said... Jet plane, jet plane, jet plane. J-E-T-S. <laughs> JFK. And by the time it would have taken us to get back to the game, uh, it, it would have been like literally almost end of the first quarter. We never made it to the Jets game, Jets game, Jets game. And we went to the ESPN zone down in Manhattan, like right, right down the square sure, there. Times Square. Watched football all day there and had a blast. Went to the village later that night. Lost Justin for a while, as you often do. <laughs> but we found him. Like we always did. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's my that's a little New York story for you. But yeah, MSG, good on you. Uh, good bucket listing. Yes. Yeah. Even though I call it a checklist, folks, not a bucket list. I hope you're not dying. Okay. <laughs> we but, all are. Slowly. Yeah, yeah. But unless you know, clinically diagnosed, as goes the movie. Right. Right. That's when this all kind of kick started. Yep. With that movie, they were clinically diagnosed with terminal illness. Hence, the bucket list begins. You don't start your bucket. You're just continuing your life checklist. Why is it called a bucket list anyway? Like just because like it, you would carry them around in a metaphorical bucket? <laughs> you know, the, I don't know. The, the metaphor. Oh, before you kick the bucket. Thank kick you. Kick the bucket is the analogy. Andy just looked at me like I was an idiot. He's given me that look pretty since, since we met. See, I was giving you that look too. But I got shades you, on, you, jibs out. So I don't like think me you calling actually, you an idiot. But did you know that that's? What yeah, of course I did. I was waiting. I was going to wait I for you. I don't think to, you knew. Maybe. Please. Either way, uh, yeah. Wherever you're listening to uh, "Look Who's Talking" episode 72, we, we recommend an official Weird Mike recommendation of MSG. 
Uh, why wouldn't you? Ni hao, previat, hola, bonjour, and thank you for sharing, subscribing, and uh, keep this Look Who's Talking podcast growing to new heights, possibly with new partners. Uh, we'll let you know this offseason. We're getting fired up for the draft. The quarterback carousel that is about to happen uh, in about a month, and very excited about that. We're, we're, we were early on Tom to the Raiders, and it's looking more and more likely every day. But first and foremost, we just watched the Super Bowl, and it was awesome. I, I don't know. I think Darth Brady's the bigger story than the Super Bowl, but I'll indulge. It, the Chiefs haven't won it in 50 years. Here's, here's my qu- quick breakdown of the Super Bowl, and I'll let you take the meat of the dish, okay? Yep. Uh, KC ain't world beaters, okay? What they're doing is not sustainable, okay? This miracle run, it happened. You can't deny it, uh, you know, but... That is not a sustainable recipe for success. Constant down. They did it all year. You know, the stars lined up. I'm glad Andy Reid got a Super Bowl, but they got to buck up in a couple areas uh, to be holding the 10-point lead. They got to they got to flip the roles, right? Good teams adapt. You know, they don't just stick with. That's why Belichick always ever evolving. And uh, San Fran ain't going back. No. Anytime soon. No. Like, where's all this? Yeah, we'll be here. No. It's all. NFC is like its own kind of league. It's a derby. Yeah. It's kind of turning into like the National League baseball, like in the early part of the century. Oh, yeah. Where they thought it was this superior league within the framework of the other conference. There's just way less absolute dog shit teams. You know, in the AFC, there seems to be about at least four. Every year. Every year. Which is sweet. That's a. W for a lot of teams, right? Uh, and in the, the NFC, NFC, there's maybe two. Maybe two, right? And sometimes, and it's a team that's not even classically horrible. They got an injury at quarterback or something. That team this year was Arizona, folks. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was supposed to be. Washington and Arizona were the only two bad teams in the NFC. And Arizona wasn't bad. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. So now but you're left with one It was like team. the Giants, and they weren't even really bad. Anyway, the NFC, you're right. It's like its own league. It's all, and competing within your own division is, is insanely difficult, whereas usually in the AFC, there's two good teams in each division and two shit teams. Not really sure why that's, uh, that's happened, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Drop the... Uh, the Niners are, the Niners are not, are, are not going to be back. Anyway. Drop go, a final hammer on uh, 54, buddy. Well, just to go over the game a bit, um, I think Shanahan's an interesting cat. He, he didn't trust Garoppolo... At the start, at the end of the first half, obviously, just his stance, and he's being really stubborn about it. I'll get into that a bit more, just in the truth of the week, which will be quick this week. Last week was a bit of an audio novel, but hey, I, you know, I was I was hurt, still am. But it may have segued me into audio books, actually, Hugh. Yeah, there you go. I got I, my mind wandering on that exact well, subject. After my third coffee of the day and a couple, and maybe my seventh dart, I got think I feel like the voice gets really soothing. And anytime <laughs> Weird Mike says the word. Impressed and book in the same sentence is yeah. kind of cause for internal celebration. I've talked VOG to sleep on over 13 occasions. <laughs> also, our boy VOG, Brent Wade, he's got he has this uncanny ability to fall asleep on his own shoulder. He has like a giraffe's like neck. So he can actually get into a comfortable position on his own shoulder where the rest of us don't quite have the neck for that. I, like, that's why everyone wow. has those stupid airplane cushions. Brent doesn't need one of those. He can actually just... Just arch it over you know, and, sh- and settle in for the night. It's, it's amazing. Sh- it's a shame I didn't see more of his uh, weirdness as, oh, yeah. uh, as, a, as a uncovered. Yeah, yeah. What a beauty. So Shanahan. Okay, so, so <clears throat> he doesn't trust Garoppolo at the start of the first half. You have a minute and, 40, and 38 seconds. If you call the timeout, as soon as you have clinched, uh, the Kansas City will be punting on fourth and long, which they will, no matter what. Call the timeout, don't. They're not faking it. They're punting. So you're literally just giving yourself time. I don't care what you're thinking as far as he seems to be almost into the flow of the game too much, whereas 20-plus years of experience like Andy Reid has knows that, especially in the first half, get as many points as possible. Uh, You know, Green Bay going for all those field goals against Seattle in the 2015 NFC Championship game early when they they could have been up literally 35-0. They're up... They, got, they kicked four field goals instead. They were up 19 nothing. It was ridiculous. And these are four and ones, fourth and twos. So early in the first half, he's kicking field goals instead of going for it in fourth and one when you have the most dominant running game in the league. You can't play scared. Get the lead. Anyway, he doesn't do that. So it's just field goals a couple times. 
Anyway, now it's 10-10. You get the ball back, but you don't call the timeout because you're thinking, hey, if we go three and out, immediately showing not confidence in Jimmy G, who just threw a really bad pick, so I kind of understand it. <clears throat> However, you can't. You got to let it go. He's your guy. And strategy says you need to use this extra possession that you've just achieved and get something, get, or at least try to get something. But he doesn't. Uh, he he wheezed down the clock to a minute. Now he, he attempts the drive, knowing that if he's not successful, most likely Kansas City won't have enough time to actually mount a drive themselves and get points. So he doesn't show confidence. Absolutely should have called timeout. Doesn't. Then, end of the game, you get this beautiful gift of, an, of a horrible Patrick Mahomes interception. He literally just doesn't see uh, Warner, who's backed up into coverage in a Pittsburgh Steelers like 3-4, who just backs up on the fake blitz. Not supposed to be there. Didn't see him. Mahomes normally sees that guy. Doesn't see him. By the way, wearing white at the neutral site of a Super Bowl, you know you were talking about this before the game, how the teams wearing white win a lot? I think with all the mishmash of jerseys and everything that you see, at a Super Bowl site, in your sight line as a quarterback, a white and red jersey is easier to lose in and amongst all the teal and white that is at the Miami Stadium. Anyway, doesn't see him. So you get this gift. Let me declare my love for all mishmashes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you get this Mahomes gift, and you run, you run on first down, second and five. And as a Chiefs better, as a Chiefs you know, picker as a guy literally cheering for the Chiefs. That's when they got five yards on first down. I'm like, man, this is this is pretty much it. And I believe that's when the win probability was at its highest. Uh, for Pro Football Focus, they did win probability. Ninety five point. It was ninety five point three percent at that second and five moment. I bet, or maybe the first and ten moment that they're going to win that game. You're up ten, and because of your running success, the uh, 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 Artificial intelligence is saying with 95.3% certainty you're going to win the game. And you say, fuck you, analytics, and fuck you, computers. We're not going to learn the same mistakes as last time. I guess this is my truth of the week. Listen, if you don't learn mistakes that you've made, if you don't learn from the mistakes you've made, you'll make them again. In an interview that he did leading up to the Super Bowl, which is very revealing sometimes if the interviewer is done, done right, as a guy who likes to think I have a lot of risk intelligence and risk analysis, you want to learn as much about these people as possible. You know, our, our, our minds are thinking like computers when we're trying to pick all the variables amongst this game. And we don't sometimes know all the stuff we're doing in our own minds trying to figure this all out. But getting to know Shanahan on a personal basis, uh, you can better use his personality traits to sort of help you pick these games correctly. So when I'm talking about Andy Reid's coaching experience, it's enough that extra 21 years, it's enough to get you out of your own stubbornness. And that's what I don't think Kyle Shanahan has truly achieved yet. When he's doing this interview with Aikman, and he's talking about the decisions he made in that Super Bowl against the Patriots, he didn't regret any of them. How could you not? How could you not, man? Julio Jones does this miracle catch down the sideline, and now you're on the 28, 26-yard line, 23-yard line. You need a field goal to ice the game. It's over. And, and you're like, no, 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 it's, I believe in my passing game. And, and you, you try to pass the ball. When that's exactly what they need you to do to even have a chance. In this case, in this Super Bowl, it was a 4.7% chance. And you're like, nah, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass the ball. Because, hey, Jimmy G had been passing the ball well. I'll give him credit. He had look, been doing well. But there's too many variables at stake. In this, in this situation, 95%, man, just run the ball. You might not get it. I'm not even saying guaranteeing you get it. But it gives you, that's exactly what the other team needs you to do to even have a chance. Because what happens? Frank Clark gets his hand up and knocks the ball down. And then on third and long, you can't run it anymore because it's too much of a risk that you won't get the ball. Now they know you're passing it. And Steve Spagnuolo's defense, because you gave him that gift on second down, where the clock's not running, by the way. You're up by two scores. Just keep the clock fucking running. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Frank Clark knocks down. Clock stops. Now you got Jimmy G scrambling out to the right. Not a scrambling quarterback. Again, not a Hall of Fame quarterback. We said the difference in this game would be the Hall of Fame quarterback and 21-plus years of coaching experience. That's exactly what it came down to. He didn't get out of his own stubbornness. That, you can't, 
learn from others. You can't learn from books. You can't learn when someone else is the one making those decisions. You can't fake learn that. You got to go just learn that from your own mistakes. And that's what Kyle Shanahan hasn't had the time to do yet. You got to understand that you're not right all the time. And, and when to understand, when to be able to look back on something in your life and say, that was a mistake. Not just, I've learned from it, but I would, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it. That's learning from it. That's really learning from it. It's like if, you know, if you got a, if you, if you got a, a coworker and who, you know, who always shows up late to the point where you, you missed the, you missed the, you missed the proposal because he had all the graphs and stuff in his briefcase, you know, and, and he's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, that was a tough meeting. Uh, it was a real tough meeting, you know, but, uh, when push comes to shove, I, I, that's the way I go about my mornings. And I wouldn't have made any different decisions that day, but uh, just hope for a different result. You didn't learn from that. We still fucking missed you and your damn damn graphs, Dwayne. You know, that's why you're still fired. That's why you're still ringless. Because he said to Troy, he's like, ah, you know, I regret maybe one play call. There was about 13 play calls that Pro Football Focus from that Atlanta Super Bowl says uh, that if they just ran the ball, kept the time going, uh, you, you upgraded your win probability by a 10% each decision. They were 98.7%. 98.7% to win the game. That's a computer fucking talking. Correct. So, anyway, Jimmy G scrambles out to the right, is about to get sacked, just throws the ball away uh, to not lose the yards. He probably should have just got sacked, but he doesn't because he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a good quarterback, but he throws it. See you later. Don't lose the yards. And then now, now it's a whole different game. They come back and score a touchdown. You knew they were going to. Now you're dead. Now you're up three. And you just need to just get anything. But now they know that, that you kind of want to throw the ball. Jimmy G needs to throw the ball. And it's changed the game a little bit. You still probably could have run the ball, Kyle, for some of those first downs. But he didn't. And we all have people like that in, in our lives, I'm sure, that are stubborn are not old and stubborn, but, but young and stubborn. Hopefully to the point where they'll become a better coach if they can actually look back on... If Kyle Shanahan can look back in an interview that we watch next year and say, I, I would have done different play calls. Like, I, I actually would have... It was the wrong decision. I wish I would have made a different one. That's learning. Because this is unprecedented losing. So... uh just to wrap this up, in his post-game press conference, when asked about the first half timeouts that his own general manager is calling for the yeah, timeout, that was, that was that's fucking great TV. He said, no, 10 out of 10 times, that's what I'm doing. Feel good. We're 10-10. We got the ball going in the second half with their quarterback and their offense. There's no way I want to give them the ball back. Man, this is the Super Bowl. They are eventually going to get the ball back. It's a tie game. Have you not watched their last three weeks? You need as many points as possible to actually get ahead of this team. You got one extra possession, and you're feeling good about that? Oh, we get the ball first to start the second half. You're an idiot. And ah, anyway, I uh, just like Nagy not trying to get the extra yards and kick the long field goal and then say, yeah, 10 out of 10 times, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, because when people are angry, they get defensive. So they're all doing the same that Andy Reid did for 20 years. Andy Reid made those same mistakes early in his coaching career. Couldn't win the big one. And now all of his coaching tree is making a lot of those same mistakes. Different mistakes, though. These are unprecedented mistakes in the Super Bowl as far as comebacks are concerned. Kyle Shanahan has the, was, led the offense for the number one comeback of all time and the one that's now tied for number two. Comeback of all time in Super Bowls. Um, I got to tell you, Dan Quinn is absolutely loving all <laughs> yeah. of this. He's getting off the hook big time, right? The Atlanta coach that was a game away, a half away from losing his job. Yep. And Atlanta rallies in the Superdome to beat the Saints and fuck everybody out of their survivor pool. That was one of the top 10 moments of this NFL season, was that fucking Dan Quinn saving win. And now. Just like that, football happens fast. Atlanta's got a little bit of momentum. I think this is going to spur them on. 
knowing that it wasn't all them. <laughs> and maybe Kyle was the fucking boy wonders gone wrong or whatever they're labeling. Well, him. he's a coach's son. He grew up in a pretty good environment, I'd say. So he, he comes across as that stubborn, rich kid, never really like been there, done that. Because his, yo, Stephen A. Smith is look at, was, had a great take and just saying like his team's looking at him like, bro, if you had just gotten out of the way, we would have won this thing, you know? Truth of the week, folks. Smash on the Falcons. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Falcons are still betting dead to me until, until they prove otherwise. Um, it was an adventure jumping on with you, the truth this week. Yeah, man. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, tag team truth of the week action. Uh, you got to actually learn from your mistakes or you'll make them again. And I'm sure... We've all sounded like this. I'm not saying we're perfect and Shanahan's not. You know, I've, I've made the same mistakes a couple, a, a couple times. A couple times, you. Yeah. But that, that's what I mean. And that's not a good thing. So I'm not the coach of the 49ers. Uh, I, and if I were the 49ers, I, I, I would hope he actually can somewhat mature from this because no lead will indeed be safe if he stays this stubborn. No lead indeed. Dwayne. Take the subway, okay? I know you don't like the subway, but we need those fucking graphs, Dwayne. All right. So uh, you being inclusive in your uh, truth of the week, I'll be inclusive of my weird pick. Who are you picking? The NFL season's over. Are you going to XFL? Uh, no XFL. Uh, as the football season has come to an end. No, it keeps going. As the NFL season there you go. has come to an end. Yes, thank you for the correction. Mm -hmm. I finished 15 and 15 on the year. I lost both my Super Bowl weird picks. Uh, Nick Bosa had himself a day, folks. Yes, he did. Uh, probably the most flack I've received for a bet uh, in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Definitely this season. Well, it was an under on tackles on the best player, best player in the game, maybe. Hey, anyway, uh, <laughs> Andy Reid's game plan wasn't flawless. Let's just say that. Right. From uh, Weird Mike's perspective. And 44 and a half yards on Mahomes' completion. Half a yard short on that third and 15 to Tyreek. Fucking, I knew that wasn't going to get a better shot. So uh, a bum pick and a half yard. A half and, yard. Hey, you know, that's tough. But uh, I did hit the Chiefs pretty hard, but it wasn't on the record. 15 and 15 on the year. Weird pick continues through the offseason. And as we get farther and farther from the NFL season, the weird pick gets weirder and weirder, covering all aspects of your life that you can now bet on. Award shows, political seasons, uh, futures, combine. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, folks, the Iowa caucus was an absolute disaster. The beginning of the 2020 election in America started on Monday and the Iowa caucus led to a big bungle on the votes. And the real winner is the only person who didn't go to Iowa. Mayor Michael Bloomberg is your Democratic nomination at plus 450. <laughs> he spent $0 in Iowa. Iowa is an absolute clusterfuck. Look it up, folks. I'm sure you've known. He has spent... Over $300 million on Super Tuesday. Coming up in 10 days' time. Plus 450. I'm smashing on Mayor Bloomberg to be the Democratic national nominee. To go head-to-head. -head, New York billionaire-on-billionaire billionaire, uh, election coming up in the fall. And I'm going to sprinkle, because there's a lot of field candidates in the field. I'm going to sprinkle on Andrew Yang. Okay? He's plus 1,800 to win the Democratic nominee. He's the only guy making any sense out there. Everybody's spitting out the same bullshit. You know what Andrew Yang's campaign slogan is, Jeff? Math. Correct. Not yes we can, not make America great again, not I'm a 5'9 gay mayor from South Bend. Math, period. And a freedom dividend. Thousand bucks a month to every American, 18 to 65, if you're a law-abiding citizen, Andrew Yang will give you that. And that's worth a flyer. Chappelle's on his side. Um, smash and sprinkle. You got to get it now before they go to Super Tuesday. You got about 10 days, and then they'll reshuffle the odds, folks.
Bloomberg, and Yang. All right. You heard it, the splash and sprinkle. Um, are you sure you want to do this? You're at 500 right now for the season. Oh, it never stops. And, uh, you know, that's probably going to be a losing pick. So this is going to bring you down to sub 500. Uh, you probably think it's a losing. That means you're on Team Bernie or uh, I, elsewhere? Is that? Uh, I'm or? not saying, like, I know more than you. But I'm saying that generally, like, if you're polling that low this early, like, where he's like, what, I, you know. Anyway, uh, good luck. <laughs> Good luck. All right. At, uh, back to football, because it is not the end of the NFL season. And the, the most exciting part about the NFL season sometimes is parts of the offseason. NFL does the offseason. Correct. Free agency, very exciting time. Probably never been more exciting than this year. There is a real quarterback uh, market out there. So I put together our own quarterback stock market. And are you buying, or am I buying or selling these quarterbacks? So I'm going to go through a couple of them. So my trip to Wall Street uh, and the stock exchange inspired you. That'll boy, you. Sure, you could put it like that. Yeah. That makes There you go. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Not, not a free agent, but I am officially selling Aaron Rodgers' stock. I think Tom Brady's lack of aging has... Uh, sort of disguised everyone else's aging to us to make us forget that, yeah, most people sort of Ken Griffey Jr. their way out of their career. Like, you're out of your prime, you're out of your prime. And Rodgers doesn't exactly, like, come across to me as a gym rat, you know, or a guy doing anti-aging vegan stuff, you know, 25 hours a day. Tom's different. Tom's a superhero. Uh, Aaron, in that NFC Championship game, he just looked so old. I was watching some old Aaron Rodgers highlights. They had the NFL 100 best games, 100 best plays, and, you know, old prime Aaron, man, he was really good. We forgot. Well, he's not quite that anymore. Uh, if you're asking me, looking at Tom Brady's tape and Aaron Rodgers' tape right now, and you said one of them was 38, one of them was 42, I would think that they were switched. Tom looks younger, spryer. Aaron looks older. I will hold my Aaron Rodgers stock. I am selling my Aaron Rodgers stock. Uh, yeah. I'm buying Kyle Murray stock. Not that he's not slowly on the rise. I think he could be, be in the MVP race next year for the amount of offense that the Arizona's air raid offense in their second year will be able to put up. The amount of offensive plays that they're going to be running. The, the amount of passes that they throw for over 20 yards, just the air raid offense in general. What The scheme that he's in, it's almost like the Oklahoma Sooners quarterback in college. He's always up for the MVP because the stats he'll put up. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but Kyler Murray right now, as I'm telling you to buy stock, it's a good time to buy it. I don't think it's a good time to buy it. 40, it's inflated. 40 to 1 right now for him to win the MVP. 40 to 1 for him to win the MVP. I think his stock's a bit inflated. You know he just won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yep. Obviously, all those numbers are true, right? And the Oklahoma thing's a strong comparison, but I think it's a pricey stock. He you would still want to buy a lot he, of shares? Yeah, he, just gonna, he, he's gonna... he missed about a game, in, you know, missed about a game and a half. And in their second year on offense with a couple more weapons, uh, watch the fuck out. Lamar Jackson was paying like 100 to 1 at this time last year. I'm a... Dual threat quarterback, Kyle Murray. Throws a better ball. I'm going to sell my Kyler Murray stock. Well, that is. That it's is, high price. It's a high price to get a good return. No. A lot of film on the kid next year. All right. I am selling Philip Rivers stock. I don't, think, I don't think there's a spot for him. I really don't. I think. We couldn't be more at opposite. The end of his, I think he's at the end of his tenure. He might get a chance somewhere, but I don't really think it pays off. You're uh, getting pennies on the dollar on Philip. I'm definitely buying that. Give no. me a fucking shit ton of Philip. And the gang, wherever they land, it's only up. I feel like the type of guy he is doesn't travel well. You know, where Tom's so likable. Philip doesn't seem really that likable. He's got eight kids. It seems like he comes in with a whole thing and uh, also his arms weaker than ever. All right. And I'm selling Teddy Bridgewater stock. Stop putting him as the starter of every team that like half needs a quarterback. I'm hearing him to the Colts, him to the Chargers. Him to the Raiders, him to the Bears. Everywhere Teddy Bridgewater goes in the NFL, I think, besides maybe one or two cases, would be a downgrade at quarterback from whoever is their current starter. 
So I, was, I like Teddy to the Bears. I didn't even think that was an angle. I don't. I don't. I think you're getting a. Uh, him and Mitch Trubisky, they're, they're pretty even on the world list of quarterbacks, I'd say. I never had any Teddy stocks, so I'm not even making a move. They're both high 20s in the world. You know, maybe maybe even low 30s, Mitch Trubisky and Teddy Bridgewater. All right, I'm selling Jameis Winston stock. He's got a great arm, but that amount of interception in today, in, interceptions in today's game just can't be happening. Interceptions in today's game are actually way down. So that's why Phillip Rivers... And Jameis Winston's interception numbers are sky high, 26 and 30 in today's game. It just it's, doesn't happen that much. Uh, yeah, selling Jameis Winston stock. If Tampa doesn't want him back, I'm hearing him to the Raiders instead of Brady. Don't see it. I don't see any other team wanting to just pay for that amount of interceptions. Unless he's your guy coming up in your system, I don't think he's for you. Tampa Bay's hosting the Super Bowl. Why don't they load up, try and make a run? Like, it can be done now. You don't need... Yeah, yeah. You know, you got a little cap space, and uh, I would love to see a home Tampa team. Tampa Bay's ho- hosting the Super Bowl next year? Correct. It's at the ship? The... There's, there's, there's fucking oh Super God. Bowl tickets where you can watch from... Oh, my God. This from happen. ...the Super Bowl. I mean, you can watch from, the, from a pirate ship. That's, uh, that's Weird Mike's wet dream. Super Bowl 55 with the wenches stroking the horn. Jesus. Stop it. Okay. Yep. I'm going to poo-poo all over that, all right? Um, Now, one guy, this is the stock I'm buying the most, if his shoulder's healthy. I was watching the, again, I I really like watching sound effects, mic'd up on the inside of the NFL, and any show, like, you know, building the Browns, any show that shows the ins and outs of this team and getting to know the personalities, getting to know how they talk to one another. You can really learn a lot. If you have a, a high EQ uh, or you like learning EQ type of things, like emotional intelligence, uh, then you love this stuff, and you eat it up like a football nerd, and it helps you uh, make these picks. I was watching the Amazon Prime show, uh, All or Nothing, and I watched it about last year's Carolina Panthers. I, if, if his shoulder's okay, I am buying stock in Cam Newton. Whatever team gets him, or if, or if the Panthers welcome him back, this guy's a born leader, He's, he's fun. He's a big personality. He doesn't, he doesn't take everything seriously, but I think the persona that you get at the podium, you know, when you're watching just the press conferences, it's kind of like a bit of a show. It's a bit more for, I don't know, I, when, you get, when you're watching him at work, he he's actually comes across as a, as a really good teammate, a guy who's willing to pretty much do it all to get there. And uh, I don't know, I like him, and I think... I think the world doubting him is exactly what a guy like that needed to be like, all right, and then just Auburn the fucking league when he's, fully, when he's healthy again. So, absolutely. The guy's a big man, too, man. Yeah, he's a massive dude, uh, and his turnaround in his career came after that car accident. Yep. A real rude awakening, you know, what am I doing? Refocus the, the, the thought process and the energy of your team yep. and all that stuff. And he's got like a huge entourage. Eh? It's not like he's. It's actually see, and that's the thing. That's and that's, but a that's per- okay. That's- but no, but that's a perception. He actually, it's not quite like that. He's not quite that guy. He's more like a lonely flamboyant guy. But like, he's not rolling around with some big pack of security guards and stuff. Like he's going to kids' events and stuff, and like help working on his receivers. He's got the new coach too. I don't know. I, there's something about Cam that I that I liked that I didn't even thought I, I didn't think I'd like him that much. Uh, anyway, I'm buying stock in Cam Newton, and uh, I think he still has enough years, five, you know, four or five years if he wants to. Uh, at, at, and he didn't play last year, so he's physically totally healthy. Otherwise, you know, he's not banged up and bruised from a year of being a dual threat quarterback. So just to reiterate. Tampa Bay has zero chance to get to the Super Bowl with a, you know, a scorned Atlanta team with a little bit of new life that he's gone. Cam, motivated, healthy. Yeah. And who knows what's happening in the Bayou with the Saints. Now, that's a guy where if the Panthers don't want him, I think he could work anywhere. Cam Newton. Uh, we'll see where he goes. We'll see what happens. It all kind of matters. I think he stays. Maybe. No, he stays. I think it matters what happens with our boy, Darth Brady. Now, as we, you saw on our Instagram, at Hughes Talking, spelled H-U-S, talking. If you can't spell that, fucking wow. Uh, we showed you that this is a real thing now. 
Uh, Adam Schefter reports Raiders to pursue Tom Brady in free agency. When Adam Schefter reports it like that, that's a fucking, that's not him guessing. That's someone he trusts saying, no, you can, you can put that, you know? This is an off the record. You can put that out there. And welcome to Derek Carr's fucking nightmare. So, you know, if Tom goes, now Carr's available. Patriots need a quarterback. And whoever was thinking of st- sticking with their guy, well, shit, now you got Derek Carr and Rivers available. And Andy Dalton's out there. And... Uh, you know, you want to trade for Gardner Minshew. Maybe you believe in him. Yo. If the Colts give up on Brissett and sign Rivers. Anyway, there's this whole carousel that could happen. It's really fucking exciting. And it all kind of can really get the ball rolling, if you will, on the new must-see TV on the NFL, of the NFL if Tom goes to the Raiders. Now, something we didn't say two weeks ago when we were talking about this is that I think that maybe – because the only thing that can never be proven or tampering is just one-to-one conversations that are never recorded. And John Gruden, when he was on Monday Night Football in that last season, he did a bunch of Patriots games. They play on Monday Night a lot. So you get a lot of one-on-one time as the host of Monday Night Football that you wouldn't normally get as just a guy. Now, Gruden knew he was going to the Raiders. You know, the X's and O's of the contract weren't exactly worked out. But he had made that clear that this is sort of the only team he really wants to get. And Mark Davis wanted him back. He hated when, when his dad kind of traded him. And he wanted him back. So Gruden's like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me finish this career. This year on Monday Night Football. I can't take over the team at the start of the season anyway. You know, you got, you got to fire a guy to hire a guy. But you get Tom and Gruden just talking. And Tom's like, hey, you come back, back to coaching, you know? League needs you. And, and, and uh, Chucky's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking back the Raiders. <laughs> and Tom's like, you know what? I always, always dream what it would be like to, uh, you know, kind of suit up for an old, old classic franchise like that. Like, you know, the bad guys of the NFL, the Raiders. Man, that'd be so fun. He's like, let me tell you something, Tommy. We're moving to Vegas. It's almost a done deal. He's like, oh, yeah, are you for sure going there? He's like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, I am going there. Got a 10-year deal, and it's going to be my team, baby. I can do whatever I want. And I've played this young quarterback game long enough. I had Bruce Gradkowski before there was a Rob Gronkowski. I had the sperm of Phil Simms, which didn't work out too well. Now he does a, a little podcast. I had about seven other quarterbacks. Jeff Garcia's in there, a couple CFL guys, maybe an XFL guy. But the best success I ever had was when I took a couple of savvy veterans towards the end of their career. Rich Gannon. Talked Rich Gannon out of retirement. Brought Brad Johnson back from being a tight end and said, let's go win this Super Bowl, baby, because I want veterans. I want another general out there with me. And Tom, you're the best general of all time. And I don't want to die one day thinking I could have brought the Raiders a championship if I had just reached out to old Tommy boy and said, hey, after 20 years, man, are you sick of the fucking Patriot way? I'm starting a show in Vegas. $2 billion. I need you there for opening night, man. You'll be king of the Vegas world. We don't do it the Patriot way. Just win, baby. I'll get you some weapons. Damn right I'll get you some weapons. What do you say? Well, how about this? How about this, John? Because that's a lot to ask. You're still just doing Monday Night Football. I'll make sure I'm a free agent in a couple of years. When you got, when are you guys moving to Vegas? Two years. Yeah, I'll make sure I'm a free agent. I won't resign. And then we'll see. Sounds like fun. I'll talk to Giselle about it. Maybe she can line something up. Well, here we are. And I think the Patriots are going to lowball Tom on purpose. They've put out, they're going to they're offer him over $30 million a year. Sounds like a lot. Russell Wilson just got 35. Okay. He's got one Super Bowl ring. Tom's got six, and his own, he's sponsored by HGH, it seems. But like a, a legal type. And Pat's about to Maybe. get 40. So I think, I think Oakland's going to offer him 40 mil a year. Guaranteed for at least two years with a Super Bowl or some sort of incentive to, to make 100. Maybe it's just straight up $50 million or like, you know, 45, 45, whatever. With a player and team option third year. There you go. Sounds Mayock-like. Sounds all extremely reasonable. Sure. Entertaining. Yes. Um, 
potentially lucrative. Right. Um, but as you said, he would leave the Patriots institution. Yes. Uh, a thought came into my mind. That's not on my uh, hashtag scribble board here. Is Tom Brady, a.k.a. Tom Shady, an institutionalized football player? Is he dependent on the walls, the tiny walls, of the Patriots slash Boston way? Hear me out, man. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I, Tom Brady is Brooksy from the Shawshank Redemption. Okay? The second he gets out of that... He's going to hang himself? No, he's not, he's not going to hang himself. <laughs> but, yo... When you're somewhere for 20 years, you're dependent on that way. And we know nobody embraced it more than TB12. Yep. Uh, he steps out of Boston. What's he immediately losing, right? He's losing this rabid home field advantage. Snow, wind, prime time. Uh, all these things that made Foxborough. I've been there, man. It's far. It's yep. cold. Yep. Nobody's nice. And... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's a real home field. Clearly, you know, they were deflating balls. They were spot. It was tough, man. It was yeah. tough to win in Foxborough. Okay? Tom's part of that. They're filming and recording everything. E everything. I'm yeah. just saying it's a serious home field advantage right. losing. Uh, you're losing Belichick. This generational mind yep. and progression and evolution of the game. Going back to run. Going back to, you know, everything that we know that Belichick is. Yeah. And he's going to lose an easy division. This guy, don't sell this short. The Dolphins, Bills, and Jets ineptitude created this Tom Brady, you know, run. And the Patriot run. It definitely helped a lot. A lot. Like, I'm going to underscore, underline, hashtag, yeah. six exclamation parts. I'll agree with that. Uh, so when you lose all of that, right. is he going to be the same guy? Throw, I'm not even counting the age because, you know, whatever he's doing, it's working, right? He looks 38, he's 42, blah, 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 yep. avocado ice cream. Uh, I didn't even count that as part of this process. Avocado ice cream. Losing home field, losing Belichick, and losing the easiest division historically uh, for the last five years. Like, this has a serious ability to dent his legacy. Um, the great ones, sometimes all they care about is legacy. I don't actually think Tom is that one. But, you know, just some, a little fodder for Tom before he jumps to Vegas, which I absolutely want him to. Right. I think everybody in the league wants him to. Well, the Bills play them next year, too, so we can fucking oh, go. My. So no matter where... <laughs> they also play the Chargers, by the way. Yeah. So another... Somewhat of a landing spot. Sounds for, like a road trip. So no, wherever uh, Tom goes, he's going to be playing the Bills again. Yeah. So chalk up one L. Yep. Uh, wherever it goes, but yo, uh, the look who's talkers. We got a lot of nibbles on that. Mm -hmm. T Mac up in blue, Royal here in the city. Like we're going to take a Bills to the Death Star. Is that what they're calling the this thing? It's a nickname. It hasn't become official or anything. But it, it kind of looks like a black space station Death Star. Yeah. The Raiders are the bad guys, the Empire. So he's going to The Death Star. It, it's, it's awesome. He's going to lose that home field because Vegas is now going to be a serious NFL visitor destination. Colts in town, Colts nation. Uh, you know, Bill's Mafia rolling through. Uh, when the Cowboys, forget about it. When the Cowboys decide to roll through. The Niners, all these California teams, these rivals, are going to flood that stadium. It's going to be like, like almost every game's a Super Bowl, fan-wise. Sure. That sounds kind of exciting. It's very exciting. I think. But it's not inducive to like a dominant home field. Sure. Right? Okay, a couple things. One, uh, I think Vegas is going to do a really good job of trying to recreate in a new stadium environment a black hole-like atmosphere. They're going to incorporate... You know, they, like, old Raiders fans, not all of them, but old Raiders fans will still be flocking to check them out in Vegas. It's enough. It's in the California-Nevada triangle. The old, young Raiders fan. Whatever. I, everybody. There'll be a small percentage of everybody. Sure. Not to mention just the excitement of having an NFL franchise in Vegas, I think, is going to create a, a decent enough field experience that you'll want to be a part of 
as the Raiders, whether or not it's totally quiet, uh, you know, when you're on offense, whatever. Here's the other thing. I think you're overvaluing how much Tom cares about that in particular. The, like, he's 42. You think he's, I think he's overplaying in snow. You know? He, sure. Yeah, sure, he can, he can do it, but you, if he's getting older too, it kind of sucks. It might, might be nice playing some hot games in fucking Vegas. Hey. Two, his legacy cemented, man. Look at Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards. A bunch of old football greats changing jerseys at the end of their careers. Okay? Randy Moss, he's still NFL 100, top two ever. Okay? He finished with the Titans in the season no one remembers. All right? He went to the Super Bowl with the Niners, but not everyone kind of even knows that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Number two receiver ever. In a couple years, no one gives a fuck. Okay? Uh, Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Does anybody not, like, when he comes up in that greatest of all time debate, does it ever even get brought up? No, nobody cares. So what I'm saying, dent in his legacy, maybe, but it's a pretty small dent that eventually, over time, goes away. And you're just looking at this career Ferrari drive-by. Tom's got six rings. He's been to the Super Bowl nine times. He's done it, man. And imagine me being married to Belichick for 20 years. Okay, imagine your wife was Belichick. And, like, you're never good enough. You've bought, you've bought six mansions for her, okay? You got her six beautiful rings, and you're still just, yeah, I thought the quarterback played okay today. You know, missed a couple opportunities. We'll, we'll, we'll be in on Monday to work on it. And, like, talking about Garoppolo as if, as if he, this is what, apparently, another thing that you can hear from these interviews during Super Bowl week, Aikman uh, was being interviewed about Garoppolo, and he said, you know what, when I was talking to Belichick during that year Brady was out for Deflategate, he said, you know, I think we can win with Jimmy. Basically saying, like, yeah, Tom could, could sit or leave, and we, we wouldn't Take miss a, a step. Hike. Yeah. And Tom's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, all right, like, I'm not too sensitive. I'm all about the Patriot way and everything. But this fucking dude from the sixth round or third round from East Carolina, like, is not going to replace me. All right? He might be pretty good. But as we just saw in the Super Bowl, he's not fucking Tom Brady. All right? Relax. And I think that's one of the final straws for Tom. Because right around that time, he did not restructure his contract. And he took the team to two more Super Bowls. So there's enough of a scorned lover there. Okay, 20 years. I can sense you're, you're, you want the divorce anyway. So boom. This is how they do it, too, so they can save face. Hey, Pats Nation. We offered him three years, $33 million a year. Raiders offered him 40 We'll see what happens. Okay, moving on. We've talked about no, this. No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's exciting stuff. It's, it's, I think it should be the first domino to fall in this QB carousel that mm. we've mentioned a couple times. I think if that happens first, everybody else can adjust. Yep. Uh, I think if he does leave, the Patriots 1,000% tank for Trevor and get their regenerational time. But this time they, they'll plan for it. They kind of lucked into Brady in that, what, the 199 hole, right? Sure. Um, but if you can organizationally plan around it, yep. which is super rare, and again, they built uh, up the equity. Uh, uh, no, how about this? How about this? Let's say he does go to the Raiders. I could see the Patriots. They have a shit ton of draft picks, like, like they always do, trying to get themselves in a position to get Tua because Saban and Belichick are boys, and yeah, there's some love there. I think Belichick's more of a Trevor Lawrence kind of guy than a Tua, wouldn't you say? Sure. If the chips are down. We'll see what happens. We don't know. That's why the draft's exciting. Well, um, we do know Bill's Mafia is rolling into the Death Star, and the yes. NFL schedule gets released in April, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So here's the offseason for the uh, NFL. they got the Combine, end of February. Yep. Uh, and then the schedule is released first week of April, which has turned into a primetime viewing event. And then the draft in Vegas at the Bellagio in the Fountain with speedboats taking players to the stage. Unbelievable. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. But before all that, man, in about three days, it's the start of the XFL season. I got a feeling this league's going to work. Uh, on, it's a social media world we live in now, and they're really good at it. I've, just by following them, I've gotten to know some of these teams pretty well. And it's a bunch of old, old college players. Some of the rules are a bit different, but it's a little less gimmicky. Like, they're wearing their last names on their fucking jerseys, not nicknames they come up with. And, uh, yeah, man. Tampa Bay Vipers at a plus 550 to win the XFL championship. They got Mark Tressman as their coach. 
the former Alouettes coach back yes, in the day, yes. who led a great offense to a great cup, was hired as the Bears head coach uh, for a brief spat there after John Fox left. And it didn't quite get the chance because his, his offense wasn't really ready for the NFL. So uh, it would appear that Mark Tressman, I think he also had a stint in the Arena League. Sure. Uh, excels at alt football. Yep. Take him out of the constraints of the NFL and that top-level talent where now the coaches have a lot more to do with the success. Uh, yeah, those Alouette teams were dominant. And this XFL kind of fits that alt football mode. Wow. When the Alouettes score a touchdown, do they sing, Alouette, Jante Alouette, Alouette, we scored a touchdown. No, they don't. Now we have six points, my friend. <laughs> the Alouettes uh, actually got a real food scene at their games. Now we have six points, my friend. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot more Alouette fans listening to this show than you think, I, man. The I whole guess, Montreal crew. I guess. I'm always interested in where the songs come from. I guess they don't sing that one. It comes from Pete Olive. When bro. I was listening, <laughs> when I was uh, just watching the Chiefs parade, um, they got the same war song as the Atlanta Braves, you know, going back yeah. to those uh, World Series videos with the Jays. I love it. But it makes me think, for two teams to have this, was this actually a war song for some sort of native tribe at one point in life? Like, were they just marching into villages singing that? Like, where did this come from? You know? Oh, anyway, I love it. Uh, Fulton County Stadium. Love watching parades. Love watching drunk guys on microphones. Uh <laughs> Travis Kelsey was clearly, clearly intoxicated, which is awesome. I love how the world celebrates intoxication when teams win stuff. Like, before, the, the, you know, that last pitch of Game 7, if someone was like, you know, what are you doing tonight? I'm getting fucking wasted. Yeah, not acceptable for the nightly news. But as soon as you win a championship, totally fine. And, like, normally the, the weather lady and, like, the, the news guy who are totally stuck-up assholes who are like, well, oh, that seems a little bit... Uh, a little bit too much for a Tuesday night, eh, Martha? Yeah. <laughs> Hope they calm down. You know? <laughs> as soon as somebody wins a championship, like, whoa, oh, that's going to be fun. You know? <laughs> now, back to the weather. Uh, so I like how that's accepted. It was jokes when the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup. Uh, they had, like, an in-house, in-rink thing at Staples Center the next morning for season ticket holders. And it was clearly too early in the morning, man. They were all still drunk. Jonathan Quick was given a microphone. He was, looked like he was barely awake. And he just grabs the microphone. He looks at everybody. He's like, now how about this fucking team? <laughs> and it was like, hey, that's kind of fun. You know, one F-bomb's great. That was kind of fun. And no one took the mic from him. He's like, he's just looking around. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. How about this fucking team? And it was like, all right. Okay, drunk people on mics. Yo, uh, Hugh, as we, uh, you know, you won me a lot of money and the whole Centennial crew at the Globes. Yeah. The Oscars are Sunday. Any, uh, you still riding or dying with 1917? I, I still haven't seen it, but I've still read that it's better than ever. You and some of this, and again, it makes more sense. Some of these long shots they're doing where it's like, you know, nine, eight minutes, all one fucking scene. Yeah. Like the, that's how the Revenant won. They're, they do stuff like that, but it's in and amongst a very realistic World War I. Uh, anyway, Lee watched it, said it was awesome. So you're rolling with 1917 again? I'm not going to bet on it because now they're the heavy favorites. You're going to look for value. It's called Risk Intelligence. Check out the TED Talks risk on it, folks. Risk Intelligence. TED Talks, Risk Intelligence on Expert Gamblers. It was really interesting stuff. You're, you're doing, we're doing a lot more math in our heads than we think. I'm not calling us experts, but if you've uh, made... Made a, made a part-time thing out of this. Uh, getting extra money when you can. It's a lot of fun. Uh, especially live betting with Holes Hour, our Jeopardy dude. Uh, the live betting, if you can do that well, you're doing more math in your head than you even realize. Check it out on TED Talks. Risk analysis, risk intelligence. A lot of fun. XFL team to watch for. Tampa Bay Vipers. I got the Dallas Renegades, bro. Landry Jones, the heart of Texas. The league fave. Plus 300 to win. Before we end the show, Hawk, who's your XFL team and why? I got the Seattle Dragons because I got the best name. Giddy up. And not because I'm wearing multicolors like their jerseys? Yeah, you look like a Seattle Dragon who spilt 
catch up on himself, but it, it's a nice, it's a nice. Supreme. Yeah, I got, uh, I got this in NYC, Supreme. Y'all said I wasn't trendy. I rolled into the Supreme Soho shop. Well, you know, you're not trendy because you like to wear seven colors at once. Hey, <laughs> like, I, you know, speaking of Korean stuff. Hey, I got a green and red shirt. I got some red shoes. Why don't I wear an orange and blue hat? <laughs> we still got our Irishman Oscar bet. Yeah. I got bagels up yeah, on do. the Irishman. I think that's for a hundo. That's a real bet. Zero Oscars for the Irishman. And uh, I'm going to take Parasite, the Korean film. I bought this Supreme stuff. It's got me feeling all Korean, all Gangnam style. Yep. Plus 200. Uh, just a quick reminder, folks. Our Hugh picks on uh, last week went six and three. Uh, Jimmy, you- Jimmy G, first pass complete. Check mark. Mahomes, first pass complete. Not a check mark. Mahomes, rushing yards. We got it at 30 yards. Absolute fuck job. Okay? One of the biggest bad beats in Super Bowl history Ever. for a prop. The guys on Straight Outta Vegas, one of, my, one of my favorite podcasts, check it out on FS1 with RJ Bell, talked about this big time. It was Because uh, I gave it away as my early props favorite pick, and so did they, but they did it two days later. I didn't copy off them. So I was kind of proud of that because these guys are the best. And uh, they got it at 28 and a half yards right when it came out. It was eventually up to 35 yards if you were betting on it on game day. Mahomes had 44 yards rushing when they started to kneel the ball. When they started to, when they started to kneel the ball at the end of the game, they had three plays to do it. And he didn't just kneel the ball because they were trying to kill off a little bit of extra time because, of course, Shanahan's an idiot and still had timeouts left. Uh, yeah. But Mahomes scuttled back five yards, then kneeled, then scuttled back four yards, and then kneeled, then scuttled back for an extra five. He finished with 29 yards rushing. He lost 15 yards in three plays. And uh, yeah, that, cost, uh, that cost Jeffrey. Uh, Mahomes' rushing yards over 30 was actually not a check mark because he lost 14 yards in the last three plays, kneeling the ball. Whatever, I'll take it. It was a good week. Uh, Jimmy G, first touchdown pass over 10 and a half yards. Remember I said, when they get in tight, they like to run it because they don't trust Jimmy G? I was right, 15-yard pass for the touchdown. Uh, okay, Travis Kelsey, over five and a half receptions, check mark. Damian Williams, over four and a half receptions at a plus 150, not a check mark. He finished with four. Tyreek Hill, over 75 yards receiving, check mark. And Emmanuel Sanders, over two and a half receptions, Check mark. It was actually up to three on game day, as we said it would be over two and a half at uh, the time of the podcast. And got screwed. Maybe. A little bit. Uh, I get, told you to pick Damian Williams plus 1,500 oh, for MVP. We were fucking screwed, bro. We took it. So I we, took it. We were going to win about 800 beans if he was named MVP. Oh, my God. Yeah, he got, he got over 100 yards rushing. One of it was sort of the deal sealer last touchdown, but it was important. 100 yards on the ground, 40 in the air, two tutties, yep. the cincher. Yep. The guy threw two picks. And played not too good for three whole oh quarters. Oh, my God. But in the end, they wouldn't have been able to come back and win without Mahomes. I do understand it. The difference ended up being... The, the option play on the first touchdown of the game for Kansas City. Because the, the, it was just a great play call. So actually, both things would have worked. If he pitches, Mahomes sprints out wide to his right. It's a quarterback option. And he can pitch it to Damian Williams, who would probably have run in. He had enough room on the pylon. Uh, but he, he does the fake and runs it in himself. And that would have been three touchdowns for Damian Williams. Two touchdowns total for Mahomes, and that ended up being the deal sealer. And what are you going to do? What was your uh, finishing record on the f- on the NFL season? NFL season, not including props? Just no, your include- NFL Hugh picks. What was the final record? I went 15 and 15. 64 and 50. Uh, 64 and 50, which all, is? All picks included. Uh, I'm not sure what that percentage is. Uh, we'll, we'll get Leslie to do it. No, you're 64 and 50. All right. And 64, I went 64, 50, and three. Three pushes. Wow. And one absolute screw job Solid. on Mahomes' rushing yards. Yeah, we gave out a props ticket to play, which I'm including in my picks. Went two for three with those. I, I got a Super Bowl screw job, she too. Kelsey to go over. The Super Bowl screw job was all 9.5 million listeners, viewers in Canada. Out of any kind of Super Bowl commercial joy this year, it was inexplicably awful. 
It was the worst Super Bowl commercial ever. I know we get Canadian commercials. I'm not an idiot, right? But we always see the legendary commercials, the Dorito, the Pepsi, the Budweiser. It was nonstop William Matar. It was nonstop Comedy Network 2 a.m. underwear reruns. Like, it was brutal. The... I w- I'm, I'm still angry. It's three days later. I know. I don't share your anger at it at all. Yeah, but you, I, know, I know some of our listeners do, so that's fine. Like, I don't care. Honestly. I don't care what commercials we see. I usually go up and get a snack, have a half dart, or uh, just sort of pace and talk about what's going on in the game during commercials anyway. I want to know what country watched you, the, the Super Bowl the second most. It's 2020. You can watch the commercials on nah, YouTube 20 minutes after the Super Bowl. It's not big, the same. It's probably the everybody's same. intoxicated. You it's, get a good commercial. You laugh. It's the it same. Spurs on. Anyway, if you're watching Super Bowl for the commercials, uh, you probably not listening to this show. <laughs> but if you like commercials, I understand, and they are some of the best. They spend millions of dollars on them. The Jason Bateman car commercial was really yeah. good. Weird Mike likes production value. So does Huck. And I like fucking animals. Okay, I like animals. I like animals. Okay. I like animals. Jeff likes animals. I like everyone. animals in commercials. I like animals just as a friend. Animal crackers. <laughs> that was fucked up. All right. <laughs> well, that's a do big we, finger wag. Do we got anything for Shut the Huck Up? No, you guys are done. Okay, folks. Remember to get, uh, remember to get your dogs snipped or whatever Barker used to say at the end of Price is Right. We'll see you next week. Same Look Who's Talking channel, same Look Who's Talking time. Giddy up. And go Vipers! XFL season, week one. Who you got, bro? Who you got? Math. (laughs) Bright light said it gonna set my soul gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I am just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day